Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Ministry. I am Pastor Keith Allen. I'm Pastor Summer Allen. And we're doing Bible study this week. Um, and Bible study will be on offering. Hmm. And the reason why I never told you guys about it, because I know a lot of people like to run from offering and tithing studies and sermons. But this is not one of those, so it's no need to be afraid. Um, God gave some good stuff. So I hope you all take it to heart and get an understanding for it all. Uh, got quite a few um, passages to go over, so please bear with me. Uh, we're going to start in Genesis. Chapter 4, so if you can turn there, and we'll pray in as everyone finds the, the, the verse. Let's find that one. Or, or chapter 4. Um, okay. All right, we're going to pray in, guys. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We come to you, dear God, in a humble mindset, dear God, and we pray in the name of Jesus, dear God, that we set aside all doubt, dear God, all fear, all worries, dear God, as we enter into your word. We pray in the name of Jesus, dear God, that you send your angels about us, send your Holy Spirit about us, dear God, to minister unto us this word, dear God, to write it up on our hearts so we know that it is true and that it is manifested in our, in our, in our mindset and in our spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus that we're going to give you thanks, honor, and glory for all you do for us in our lives. We thank you in the name of Jesus for giving us this day, giving us good health, and keeping us safe and returning back home to our loved ones, Lord God. We thank you for all that you do for us financially, spiritually, emotionally, Lord God, and everything, Lord God, that you have blessed us with. We pray for this word right now, Lord God, may it continue to grow, Lord God, and may we continue to spread your word. In Jesus' name, we pray and give honor and thanks. Amen. Amen. So the reason, like I said, the reason why I didn't want to tell you guys what the topic was, again, people do want to run away and fear these topics of offering and tithing. Again, it's nothing to fear. Again, you guys know here we don't preach uh, giving and all that stuff, but it's this is more of a understanding of the topic offering, okay? And I'm going to give you a quick. Um, this will give you a better understanding of it. Actually, I'm going to give you a quick uh, definition of what it means to offer, okay? 
So, offer means to actually come near to God, to approach God in a spiritual manner. Okay? We're talking about approaching God in a spiritual manner, to offer something to him in a spiritual manner, to come closer to God in a spiritual manner. Okay? So don't think everything is monetary. We say monetary because that's the world we live in today. Okay? And you'll see that, you know, with Cain and Abel, it was a different kind of set. Okay? And I'm going to read the passages. Uh, Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 3 through 7. Okay? Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. I'm going to start there. And it says, and again, we all know Cain was the uh, tiller of the land and Abel was a a herder. Okay? He tended the sheep and the flock. Okay? And verse 3 says, "And And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Fruit of the ground, he brought an offering. Okay? Keep that in mind. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance failed. Verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Meaning, why are you upset? What's going on with you? And why is thy countenance fallen? Why do you have doubt? Okay? Verse 7 is the nitty-gritty of it all. Okay? If thou doest well. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. Meaning, you will be accepted. Because if you do well, your offering is accepted. Meaning, you are accepted. Because when you give an offering unto God, it is not the offering that God accepts. It is you whom he's accepting. Okay? And and, and he, he gives him a little warning here. He told him, if you do well, you will be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And we know the wages of sin is death. And he said, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Sin will rule over you. When you come to God in a manner that is not true, that is not real, I say we don't preach giving here. We don't teach it because your offering is unto you and the Lord, and that's what it says in the scriptures. So you need to get yourself 
right. Because, again, the definition of it is to come near unto God. To offer something to God, you have to be near him in order to get it to him. You have to be close with God. You have to have a relationship with God in order to give something. If I'm going to give something, if I'm going to hand something to Summer right in her hand, and for her, in order for her to accept it, I need to be close to her. I can't be a million miles away saying, here you go. And not only that, I got to mean it when I give it. I can't give grudgingly to the Lord. Because what I am giving to the Lord, he's, again, accepting it as he's accepting me. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was an acceptable offering. An offering is nothing but a sacrifice, meaning you're giving up something of yourself. You're letting something of yourself go to be in the will of God, to stay in the will of God and to say, I am going to do this thing for you, not for myself, because and this is what Cain was doing. He was doing it of self instead of saying, I am giving this unto the Lord for the Lord, meaning it is of you. In other words, if I'm going to give myself to God, I'm going to give him the best me I can be. I'm not going to give him the key from 10, 20 years ago who was out doing crazy things in the world. But I'm going to give him the best key I can give him because that is what he expects of each and every one of us. And deserves exactly. Again, it's not the offering itself. It is what the offering represents. The offering represents you telling God that you're doing this for him. Jesus died doing something for God. God wanted his people back. He wanted us back into his home. We couldn't get it done. So he sent his only son to do it for us. And there's also, like you said, there's other forms of um, of offering. There's um, a form, forms of offering like as in prayer, supplication, time, is giving to others. There's um, all kinds of offerings, just like you have here where you have Cain gave one offering and Abel gave another. So he's telling you there's different types of offerings. And like you had said, it doesn't matter what offering it is, what spirit are you giving that offering in. So even too, like say if we give some money to people on the street and see the homeless, if you just toss in a change at them or you're annoyed by the person and you say, excuse me, here you go, here you go, get away. You know, whatever your heart is, you should have just never even gave it because it was up to no avail. Right. Anybody else want to add anything? You good? Okay. So what the offering 
represents, again, it's an appreciation for God's mercy and his grace. That's what the offering is for. God's showing mercy and grace. And you're saying, thank you for keeping me alive. Thank you for wanting me to return unto you. Why wouldn't we thank him? He could say, like, we tell everybody to hate with you. I don't care nothing about you. Go on about your business. You know, die in the streets for all I care. You know, how we tell each other that stuff, you know, in this world. But God's not telling us that stuff. God is saying, I want you back. I like the way the analogy kind of like goes and coincides with um, salvation when it comes to Cain. Uh, he says to him, like I said, it's in that need in number seven, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, then lieth at the door. So he, it's just like your day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this was the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. To, um, to decide whether he was going to accept him or if he was going to refuse him. And it's the same. It's, it's a good uh, parallel to know that that's you know, the day of judgment for, for everyone. You know, if you do well in your heart and what, what you're doing. Right. If your heart is right, then it'll be accepted. But if your heart is wrong, right. it won't. And I want to clear something up before we go any further. And this is, not, again, we're not talking about money. Because, again, an offering can be anything. Okay? And for the most part, when he tells you to give up your offering, it is your first Fruits. Right. First fruits are not always money. We we're we're living in a world that makes that so. We need to get back to what first fruits really are. What is first fruits? First fruits is something given of you from God. And when does this first fruit truly come? Again, as someone mentioned, you gotta think about judgment day. And and in Revelations, Jesus told the angel to cast your sickle down, for the harvest is ripe. Mm-hmm. Meaning, all those who are awake in Christ, when you are awake in Christ, meaning you have gone through a crucifixion and a resurrection. Right. You have gone through life, been tormented, and done all this, but you've also been baptized and raised. From the dead, meaning you were raised from the flesh and you're raised in spirit and life. And whatever the Holy Spirit starts to minister unto you, just like he, when Jesus got baptized, the, 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 the angels came from heaven and started ministering unto him. Those were first fruits in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So you follow? An offering is something in the spirit give it unto you after you have made a change in your life and you're taking that change, whatever has come about upon that change to you, you are offering it unto God. How do you offer it unto God? Just as Jesus did. He went out starting a ministry. He started a ministry that is doing very well today. He went out preaching that exact same word given to him by those angels to the world. 
not only to the world, but he was preaching to demons and Satan himself. Because when they tried him, he gave them that word. So he was taking those first fruits and he offered them up back to God. In other words, he put them to use. He didn't let them sit dormant within. Right. Okay? Now I want to get back into another um, verse here. And if everyone could turn to James, I mean John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Now, there's been a disparity throughout time, excuse me, um, concerning offerings and tithes. Okay? We're not going to get on tithes this week. I'm going to stick with offerings. Okay? We have people who call themselves prophets, prophetess, and they come up in the front of the church and tells people, I'm looking for five people to give $100 or $1,000 or whatever thing they're trying to do. And who, who else these five people are who give this money? Now, this is after they've already collected. They go back and tally up, and then they come back out stating that they don't have enough. We know the trick. We know how it goes. So they come up here and say the five people that give this $100 or $1,000 each will be blessed. How can you be blessed when you're giving in a manner of self? When you give an offering unto God, you're giving up something of yourself. You're not giving up the offering to receive something because it is a first fruits you have already received. You're allowing your first fruits to work for you and for others. That's what it's for. So, again, are these people prophets or are they in it for profit? Okay, we've all been victim of that trick. And I tell you, stop doing it because you're condemning yourself when you do things like that. Saying, oh, if I just give another $50 or $100, I can be blessed. No, you can't. Because you're giving it in the wrong manner. And again, you're going to be just like Cain because you have not done well. Your heart was not in the right place. Okay, when you give an offering, you're giving it to God. God's saying, give me that first fruit and let me do something with it. Let me show you that when you give unto me how much I will bless you, not give unto me to look for it. Okay, you've already been blessed, but he's saying, yes, I will bless you more, but you have to give to me in the right manner. You can't come at me any kind of way trying to nickel and dine God. You can't do that. This is the wrong way to go. This is how we condemn ourselves, and we don't even know it because, again, we've all done it. 
We've all been victims of it. We've all been sitting there giving and giving and thinking that it's going to make a change in our lives when what needs to happen is we need to take the change upon ourselves and change for the better for Christ and not for the church itself. The body of Christ is what we need to worry about, not a building with a roof on it and someone sitting up there in a road. Amen. Because we all know we've been duped on that concept. We've all been duped. Okay? So getting... For whatever reason, I never tried breaking it. That was always an instant turtle. Yeah. Always instant. And it is. It's a, it's a turn I've been subjected to it so many times. And to just watch the people that just flop up. I never knew why. Yeah. Always totally turned off. Yeah, that's a good thing. That that's is a very good thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, and and this is how it works. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it tells us this is how these people work. He says, as Jesus says, he he came to save. That's what he came to do, all right? Now, in verse 10, he says, the thief cometh not but for to steal. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. How do they do that? They force you to do something against your will. Your offering should be a free will, but they take your free will and make you feel guilty about your own free will. So they have taken away your free will. It's no longer yours. It is now theirs. They have possessed it. And this is going to tell you just that, okay? They came to destroy, kill, and um, to kill, destroy, and steal. That's what they did. They're stealing from you. They're killing your spirit, and they're destroying your salvation by that single act. Okay? And here here it is, Jesus. I am come that they might have life, meaning that you might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I came for that so that you may have life abundantly, not to cheat you out of life, not to take it away, okay? Now, verse 11, he says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amen. He doesn't take life from the sheep. Amen. He gave himself as a living sacrifice for us. not the other way around. See, we get to the point where we start to reverence ourselves versus reverencing God. We got the manuscript flipped to the other side. Okay? Now, he says he's the good shepherd. Now, get this. Verse 12. But he that is a hurling, meaning someone who looks like a shepherd, dresses like a shepherd, but it is not a shepherd. Okay? But he that is a hurling and not the shepherd, you see that? 
This is verse 12 now. Whose own the sheep are not. The sheep are not his. Not his. Seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep. And fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. We've seen it in, in many of times. The one who's supposed to be the pastor allows these prophets and these other ministers to come into their very own church, their very own building, and manipulate the flock. And then, just like you, Kathy, like you said, you've seen it, you never fell victim to it, but there's others who have fallen victim to it and said, never again, or those who have done just like you never fell victim to it and said, I'm not coming back to this place. Exactly. So now you have scattered the flock. Okay? Now get this, verse 13. The hurling fleeth because he is a hurling and careth not for the sheep. They don't care for you. All he cares about gain. That's all they care about, okay? So they can gain. Exactly. Verse, exactly. And verse 14, I am the good shepherd, he says again, and know my sheep. I'm decent. I know my sheep. And guess what? Because I know my sheep and am known of mine. Meaning mm-hmm. they know him. They know he's not a, a, a hurley. They know he's the shepherd. They know that he's going to stand up for them. They know that he's not going to hustle them and not hustle the word, that he's going to give them truth. And that's, a, that's an important thing, though, too, about knowing someone. A lot of the times people will be in a ministry and don't know anyone. They'll have been a member of a church for so many years and nobody knows them. They know their faith. They may even know their name, but they don't know them. There's been never no true relationship. And we all need mentorship. We all need true fellowship. And what is fellowship? Is spending time with a person. Mm-hmm. And it's like people feel like, okay, <clears throat> if they just stand up there and they just preach a word to somebody but don't ever get to know anyone, you really haven't become or allowed them to become a part of your life or you become part of theirs. And transformation happens when you take somebody by the hand and be there with them every step of the way. No, I, I, that, um, I remember going to a church meeting, and um, that was something that I brought up so very long ago, oh, 15 years ago, you know, and, um, you know, so many will just look at people and not extend their hand, you know, and me going there, like, for the first time, you know, some people are accepted and some aren't, you know, and, and I watch them just shun new faces and new people when all it was was just reaching out and touching them. You know, and I remember saying to them, you know, just a touch, you know, not to mumble behind these people's back. They're here because they're hurting to just touch them, you know, and how I may have been received, you know, but so many others needed that too, and I told them shutting this. Again, it's the, it goes back to the offering. You have to offer yourself up 
as a servitude mm-hmm. to do God's work. The living sacrifice. The living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, verse 15 says this. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lie down my life for the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. He doesn't run away. He takes his staff and he fights off the wolf or the bear or the lion or whatever it is. He protects his flock. Okay? Verse 16. Now, these are the words of Jesus. So, You know, and um, when you came to me, and it doesn't have to be a physical thing. No. It's just in that word that can be delivered. Yes. And that delivery of that word and that sermon is just being, it's just hitting that person. You know, it's their loving arms of protection. Exactly. Comfort, caring. You know, they don't even know. Counseling. And being extended. Right. You know, just makes you receive it that much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then in verse 16, he says this. And other sheep I have. Now get this. He's talking about his own flock now. He's talking, he says, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. So he says, there's other sheep out there that are not even his. That's not in his fold. Get this. This is how, this is how Jesus works. This is the preacher that I want. Okay? That are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and them shall be one fold and one shepherd. Amen. <laughs> That's our Jesus. Our Jesus don't conquer and divide. He says he will bring them all into one, one fold. And he will be the lone shepherd. I am not a shepherd. I'm an overseer to help as many as I can get to that point. That is my job. That is Summer's job. That is Kathy's job. That is Tina's job. That is anybody else on the line's job that is out there. This is our commission. This is our offering to God, laying down our life, meaning we are putting ourselves aside for the better of others, because that's what he did. If you try to save your life, you will for surely lose it, as the word says, but the man who truly gives up his life will find everlasting life. You will find eternity. Seems us. So why are you trying to hold on to yours and try to to beef up something that's so temporal? That is so very temporal that it's, it's ridiculous. The things we rely on in this world, the things that we hold value to, okay? And I'm talking in general because there's some great ministries out there. And there's also some 
some ruffians out there taking advantage of God's people, which as his word says that they would. And then some people are doing it in ignorance because it's tradition. And they and they may even in their heart try to justify mm-hmm. what, what what it is all because it's tradition. So if something goes against that someone has believed for a very long time, it's hard to swallow. So then they'll go ahead and make a justification for mm-hmm. it. And so therefore continue to keep themselves ignorant it's of pretty, what they're doing. To coerce people into giving up contributions or offerings, mm-hmm. that's tradition? It is tradition and custom. It is, because they, they, they got to the point where they lost. It's just like those envelopes that you see, like $100 for President's Day, and yeah. that's another way of doing it. Right. Like, but, but people have lost the essence. People that they're always asking, but okay. Yeah, they've lost the essence of the true meaning of offering, and I just gave it to you. It is to draw yourself nearer to God. Okay. You offer it up so you can get closer. You offer it up so you can get closer, okay? God's like, okay, just like he said, you know, with Job, you know, he was a faithful servant of his. He knew it. Because the things that Job did. When you do, you think about it you know, this way. You think about it this way. Like if you ever seen a movie where he saw like a king court and mm-hmm. he saw the people who would come and they would try to come in to come speak to the king. Right. What did they have to do? They had to come with something. They had to come with gifts. They had to bearing come with, they had to come bearing gifts. So it would be like people from other lands and they come and they would lay down their gifts before the, the king. The king would observe them and then he would allow them to or he would hear whatever they needed or whatever was going on. And just as the saying goes, to be in the good grace of the king. Right, good grace. That's right. That's why we do it. I told you, the offering means we're giving it to be thankful for God's mercy and his grace. That's right. Because he has already increased us, and we want to give that first fruit. First fruits are giving in an offering. Wow. Okay, not in a tithing. Is given in an offering. And then that's, that's the thing is, is that if my heart is literally on what I can get back, that if I give this, I'm going to get something back, then my heart is not for the Lord in that it's moment. for you. It's for what I'm going to get back. Or for that, you know, I just sort of, you know, when you, when, when you guys said to be in good graces, with the king, mm-hmm. so these people getting it to be in good graces with whoever their shepherd is, mm-hmm. is you know, what they're thinking. Rubbing elbows with, with the high elite and all that stuff. That, yeah, yeah what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the reason why when people sit there and they buy a pew to get their name on a plaque, you know, put on a pew, or they go and buy a, a, a window like one of those stained glass windows in the, in the church, or they even buy parking space, things like that. It, it's just to have your name, you know, written on somewhere on the side of the church or in the church or in some log or something. And it's, and it's like, that's not the book of life. That's just for all selling bricks. Right. They were doing something. Yeah. Yeah. The building. Yeah. 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 ye
okay, this will currently be in the building. But anyway, you know, it's all a fallacy. Um, on one end, it's, it's, um, it's a fallacy for the person who is accepting this type of behavior. And then it's also a trick, like you were saying, for the people who do this. Because for what they believe is, is that, okay, if I try, to, I need to raise a certain amount of money so that I can be able to give this person who this guest speaker is give them some money, and I retain some money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if, if I want to at least give you this much, so i got to be able to raise more offerings so that I can have that much. Now, what is in your heart? What is in your heart of hearts is not about what the offering represents. What your heart of hearts is is monetary. Mm-hmm. What is this money going to do for me? I hate to take that. But it's not, I mean, the thing about it is when I say tradition, it means that people, if someone tells you something's okay, you're going to have peace with it. When you justify something in your mind, you have peace with it. So it's not, to you, to you, you don't, you don't feel like you're stealing. It's like, no, I'm not actually stealing anything. This is the way things evolve. So I um, witnessed um, this happening, you know, and I, hate to, I, 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 I like to believe that um, they just lost the true meaning of offering, right. you know, is what I really like to believe. But um, someone else that was, you know, at this church service with me, they said to me that the people that were pledging the money, mm-hmm were planted, and they, you know, it was as if this money was collected, and the shepherd just aptly gave it to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in other words, it was, it was already their money. It just came back to them. They make it look like someone gave these big funds. Right, right. So, right. so it forces everyone else around to get up and try to do the same. Yeah. So, and God has a word for that. Turn to Malachi, please. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Malachi is the old Yes, he is. Yeah, but he's about to flip the script on it. Malachi comes after what? Around what? I'm going to chapter one and two. Malachi is just before Matthew.
but ye have profaned it, meaning the offering. Okay? It is in that ye say the excuse me, the table of the Lord is polluted. Because it is from what you're doing. And the fruit thereof, even his meat is contemptible. Verse 13. Ye also you said also, behold, what a weariness is it? And ye have snuffed at it, meaning his offering, given and you just willy-nilly in it. You snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts, and ye brought that which was torn, lame, sick. So remember, they, they're giving livestock at this time, back in this day. So you bring in the worst of the worst. Bringing in the worst of it, okay. Bringing the worst of the worst. I mean, this thing is probably like like like, we, like they put in our stores these days. They were putting in the, the beef with the man cow disease. This is what they're giving God. And that was Cain when he. Well, yeah, because Cain had a had an issue. It was like, you know what? This is what I want to give. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep the good stuff for myself. This is not my offering anyway, so. He figured it's gonna be burned up. It's gonna be burned up. I'm not burning up with this stuff. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I'm keeping this stuff for myself. So that's what they're doing. They brought the the, the, the torn, the lame, and the sick sacrifices. Thus ye brought an offering. God said, "Should I accept this of your hand?" Said the Lord. Verse fourteen. But cursed. Be the deceit, which hath in his flock a male, meaning anybody in your in your your congregation doing some weariness, some underhanded stuff, even you, being the, the leader, okay, have a, a male a, a flock of a, a male and boweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupting. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. He's telling them right there, I will not accept it. Because what did he tell Cain? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Is that not what he says? That is what he said. If you do well, I will accept. He didn't say the offering. Now, get this, because remember when he told Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But that's what the offering is about. It's about you. Because God really don't care about the offering. He just wants to know that you will do it. It's kind of like a test thing, just like he did with Abraham, he wanted to see how far Abraham would go. Is your friendship for real? Yes. Abraham put his son up on that altar and ready to sacrifice him for God. And God's like, wait, hold up. I see where your heart is. Look over there in that bush. There's a ram. Go ahead and offer that up to me. Take your son off that altar. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God is testing you to see how far you will go for him. Because if you want him to go far for you, you need to go far for him too. It's a two-way street. This ain't no one-way sign, because I know Philly got a lot of them. 
when you are not a good shepherd of God's flock and of God's treasures, the treasure house will run empty on you. It will do just that because God will allow it to. He will allow it to. Does anybody want to have anything to inject? No, it's, it's, it's self-explanatory, I believe, because, I mean, it's, it's so prevalent and true for now, um, especially in this time and this hour where we are. We're at the end. We're in God's get precious thing. We're in the end time. It's so important for us to keep our eyes on the Lord. Don't get sidetracked with all of these different things. He says, you know, you did run well. Who did hinder you? So, you know, when the Lord says that, he's saying that, you know, what was it that held you back? What was it that made you stumble and fall? Well, you know, and you will hear people literally say, I'm not going to go to church because I don't have any money. Or they'll say, I'm not going to go to church because, you know, all they're about is money. Or they'll say, I don't have the right clothes to wear. Right. You know, or you know these different, you know these different things. Oh, it's yeah. this particular Sunday. I can't go because you know they're going to be looking for an extra ox, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, or whatever the case is. Like like we said, is that the flock is scattered, and when we look at it right now, this is not the time to be scattered. This is a time to come to the Lord. And as he said, to be in one fold. One he's saying he's trying to gather all the flocks that are out there and to make it one fold. Every fold. Yeah, it's just really, really, um, it's a shame because some of these shepherds that are um, leading these congregations are good shepherds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're good shepherds. shepherds. Some good ones out there. And, um, you know, they're reaching... A lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But this is being done. This has been done. Like I said, you know, it might even be a, you know, a, a 60-40 thing where you got 60% good and 40% bad. It may be 70-30. Who knows? Who knows what the ratio is? But the yeah. point is, all it takes is one bad apple to ruin the whole bunch. Yeah. You know, because now you change it the next one. You change it the next one. You know, and so... But this good shepherd to continue on the way he's doing, now he's got to bend the rules a little bit just to try to keep over the tone. You know, and it happens. It happens. Because now you see members of one flock going over to the next. And someone always told me about this about Vegas, how people go to the it happening church, the one that's bumping and thumping right now. That's me. That's, and that's what they generally are. That's where we can be. And people will migrate, and then after a while, yeah, like they, they church hop. And, and, yeah, they, they church hop, and, it, and, and after a while, it'll dwindle out and die. And then here comes the next church. Oh, this pastor's younger. Or, oh, everybody's going to that church. All the young people going to church. And then everybody's going to take this like sheep. Mm-hmm. One, one sheep leaves out. Tries to break through the gate. They all jump off the cliff. Everybody runs off the runs off with them. Just take one. Oh. And they don't even realize the one they left. That it, that's the word that they actually needed. Right. But if you pay attention, right. pay attention. This is our issue. 
we sit there and, and we don't pay attention half the time of what is good for us. Right. And the Lord will lead you because, yes, yeah, sometimes it is for you to go and grow, but it's all by the Spirit of the Lord. Yes. And even in your giving and everything, he's, he's like, let me be in all of it. Let me have that too. So even in your giving, you've got to, like he, like he said, draw close to God. Draw close to the Lord, and the Lord will, will say what he desires from you. It's just like an intimate relationship when we feel to want to be intimate, you know, with our spouse, and we say, you know, kiss me or hug me. You know what I mean? Or put your arms around me. It's the same thing with the Lord. You know, when you come close to him, he'll tell you what he wants from you. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, just listen to me. Or I love you. Because he wants you to say, I love you too. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever he wants, you know, from you and sharing that intimate, you know, time with you, that closeness with you, he'll say that. So say, okay, open up the word. I want you to read this. I want to show you something. You know, or or lay back. Let me show you a vision, a vision or whatever he's doing. So you got to remember, like I said, dealing with offerings, again, it, it is not always a monetary thing, but we make it out to be. That's right. We make it out to be. Again, what did Jesus do? When he was crucified and he had risen from the dead, what did he do for 40 days? What did he do? He ministered unto the disciples an even more powerful declaration of God's word. And he gave them the direction in which he wanted them to go. He gave them the commission in which he told them to do. To teach his word to preach his word, to share it with the world. Go out and share it with the world so that everyone, as he said, is coming into this fold. But, uh, but God is going to put it down real simple for you for you right now. And we'll, we'll close out with this. If everyone could turn it to Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, right before James. This is one of the simplest things that you can do of an offering unto God. And people don't even realize. Chapter 13. Yes. Verse, verse, no, verse 15. I just want people to find Hebrews first before I. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 reads this. The simplest form of offering you can do for God, and it's the easiest. And your heart has got to be there. That's all it is. He says in verse 15, By him, meaning Christ, therefore let us offer the sacrifice, meaning giving up, a sacrifice of praise to God continually. Amen. Offering a sacrifice of praise. Praise. Mm-hmm. Continually. And it says, that is, get this, the fruit. You must have the first fruits. 
That is the fruit, this is God's word saying this, of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Oh, going back to Abel, because he said he gave the fruit and the fat. What's the maple? No, no, it says, no, it's Abel gave the, the um, the first, the first thing in the fat of the first thing. Oh. But that's what it is. He says that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. This is the simplest form of offering to God. It's praise. As, as Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, the Son of of the Living God. You too have everlasting life. That's it. Just confess with your mouth. Give praise and honor to God. Now get this. Verse verse sixteen is is a knockout. Because this is what we need. When you praise God, when you're giving God thanks, it's one other thing you need to do. He says, but to do good and to communicate. Forget not. Communicate with God. How do we communicate with God? We pray. We talk to God. We get in that secret place. He says, forget it not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Mm-hmm. Often they always have to be money. <laughs> It can be your time. It can be your praise, your worship. It says right here, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You got to love our God. He ain't asking for much. Not much at all. Not at all. And like I said, I go back to that one lady when I was working for another federal agency at the time. <laughs> you know, I was working for another federal agency at the time, and just about every day I saw this lady, if I, you know, made my train on time, I saw this lady, and she was coming out, and her ship was ending as mine was beginning. And every day I saw this lady, she would walk out the building to the bottom of the stairs, of the stairs and she would stop. I mean, People walking by, hundreds of people down there, you know, thousands of people walking by 30th and Market. This lady would stop. When she got to the bottom of the stairs, she would just stop, throw her hands up, and say, thank you. Every time I saw her, when she came out the building, things like that, God love. Because I know she meant it, because you can see it. I mean, she would drop her bag. She would throw them up. Thank you, Lord. I mean, she would say it out when everybody could hear it. She would just say, thank you, Lord. Pick her bags up, and she'd go to talking to God as she's walking. Going to catch the train. I know that's right. She made it to another day of work. She, she, you know, she, she didn't lose her job. She, she wasn't stressed out or whatever. Even if she was stressed out, she thanked God because she was still breathing and still walking and talking. 
Thank you, Lord God, that we have health and strength, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that we have a mind that is right and stay upon you, Lord God. Thank you for knowing your name, Lord Father. Thank you for your salvation, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord God, that you did not give up on us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Even for our homes, Lord God, for our cars, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord God, even for our families, Lord Father. That would see about us, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing, Lord God, even in answering our prayers, Lord God. Even when we don't deserve it, thank you, Lord God, for answering our prayers, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for being a good God. You are a good God. You are a good God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And high is the Lord Almighty. You reign, you reign, you reign forever. We thank you and we praise you and we lift up your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.